Welcome to the Marn Report. Hey, hey, Ford Stewart. It's Kevin Larson with this week's edition of the Marn Report. And I'm going to talk about this sound. If you've been anywhere near Fort Stewart in the past couple of weeks, you've probably heard it, and I have two guests to talk about why it's important. I am joined by Lieutenant Colonel Scott Stevens from 164 Armor Desert Rogues and the 1st Armor Brigade Combat Team, and he's going to talk to us about some of the sounds we've been hearing out there. They're out doing gunnery right now, and they're going to be soon followed by their sister brigade, 2nd Brigade, doing gunnery. So, uh, sir, it's great to have you on the show. Great. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate you having me. So can you tell us a little bit about what's going on with uh, 1st Brigade and 164 Armor in particular, why you guys are out shooting up the woods from what our neighbors are telling us? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we are getting to the point in a sort of our normal training cycle where we are taking our tanks and our Bradleys out to the ranges here at Fort Stewart and conducting crew qualification, which involves a lot of training before we're able to go out and actually be able to do that. And so that's what we've been doing sort of since we've been back from Korea a little over a few months ago. And then all of that training culminates in us actually going out to the field and going out to the ranges and conducting live fire crew qualifications during the day and during the night and taking advantage of all the uh, great facilities we have here at Fort Stewart to be able to train our soldiers. Perfect, perfect. So you mentioned something very telling there right there. We've gotten a lot of noise complaints. I'm the guy who fields those phone calls. It's my number on those flyers. I get those calls. People who've not lived in the area for a long time or people who may have forgotten who've lived in the area a long time, they haven't heard the sounds of a 120 millimeter round going down yeah. range recently. You just said that you guys were in Korea, so you guys haven't been here to do the training, right? Correct. Yeah, I, I think we are the first. This is the first time we've we've conducted a full. At least, I know battalion for our battalion, and then you know for the brigade, uh, what we call the gun line, which is where all of the different you know crews from across the brigade go through and conduct the training over a period of a few weeks. I think this is the first time we've done this scale of training in over two years. Wow. Uh, there was definitely some, we, the, our battalion shot a gunnery just before we deployed to Korea mm -hmm. there in the fall of 21, uh, right at the height of COVID as well. But this is the first time we've really been back and been in that position to shoot the full extended, you know, training cycle. So yeah, probably even if they remember some booms, then definitely a lot more now as we sort of take the full package out to the field and uh, execute that training. What is it about the training that makes it so noisy. I mean, people are so shook up sometimes. I mean, we've gotten, we had in one week, it might have been two seven on the range. Don't know. Can't remember. Yeah. But in one weekend, we had 14 calls, 14 calls wow. about people concerned about noise. What is it about the weather or the conditions that makes it so noisy? Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. I find it really interesting because I'm used to being inside the tank when it fires, right? right. Or being on the range. And it's loud, it's certainly loud when we're out there. But I, What's fascinating is how that sound sort of carries based on those conditions sometimes. Right. And so I live here on post on Fort Stewart and sometimes it sh shakes my windows and you can, and it, you know, keeps my dog awake at night. And then sometimes you can't hear a thing. And a couple things to do with that. One is sort of the temperature. Another is if there's a, if there's cloud cover or not. You sort of get that, you know, I think the technical term is like atmospheric bounce. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, d different other factors such as humidity and, and things like that will actually sort of, and wind, right. uh, will sort of drive how that sound carries and how far it carries. And so 
so I, while I know it's probably pretty frustrating for some folks, as I know, especially our dog will not go on a walk, you know, if the booms are happening. It's it's just very, it's so critical. I can't overemphasize how critical it is for us right. to be able to get out and do this. I do think it's really important the why, because I, I do know it is a, a bit of an annoyance, right? Particularly if you live in the local area, you know, like we said, particularly if you have small dogs or well, big dogs in my case, they don't, they don't discriminate, I don't think, against the uh, noises. But on the other end of those booms, even late at night, are your soldiers who are training under the toughest conditions possible to be able and ready to execute our mission, which is to go anywhere in the world, you know, on a moment's notice and do what our country asks us to do. And so the, the best way to prepare for that is, is tough, realistic training under the live fire conditions that we, we would experience if we had to go somewhere and do our mission. And so while, you know, I just hope Everyone kind of maybe can tuck that away in the back of their mind, you know, while it might wake you up at two o'clock in the morning. I hope you also sleep a little bit better knowing that your soldiers and the, the, your, you know, the family members in this community are better prepared to go do our jobs. Right. And you just touched on it right there, the, the nighttime aspect. Why is it so critical, sir, to train at night? Why do you have to shoot the big guns at night and, and keep people up at some weird hours of the evening? Yeah, so one of the things that of many that separates our army as, you know, the greatest in the world from everyone else is our ability to fight at night with our advanced optics and weapon systems that we are expected to be able to fight under complete blackout dark conditions just as as well as we could during the day. And the only way you get good at that is by practicing. And so that's why, you know, part of our training and qualifications is is at night under nighttime conditions and while i know that could be particularly annoying for folks trying to sleep that is that is the only way that we can get proficient at those tasks that you know frankly give us that edge over all of our adversaries in the world and so if you know if you want the best trained and equipped army in the world that can fight and win against anyone then we have to we have to train in those nighttime conditions we've had people say because we've gotten that record number of noise complaints why can't you guys just bracket that nighttime fire why can't you start at a certain time and end at a certain time i mean it becomes a volumes game right you've got so many vehicles so many tanks in a company then two companies in a in a battalion and then so many battalions in a brigade it's like you get close to 100 tanks i mean why does it take so long yeah unfortunately you know while that would be ideal i think for the community unfortunately for us it would take weeks and months longer than we have to get through our training cycle. We have a mission, and that mission is to, to be ready to go anywhere in the world at a moment's notice. And we have to you know, build this, this level of readiness in order to be able to do that. And particularly with some of the things going on in the world right now, we don't, we don't have that kind of time to stretch out this training over months and months and months. And so it's important that we, we get it done as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And then, you know, that then the, the loud noises will subside, you know, shortly after. And I actually think we're, we're just about done with this training density right now anyway. So this should be sort of tapering off. Plus the temperatures are getting warmer, so the sound yep. doesn't travel yep. as much like we talked about already. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I can tell you that as an Army brat and as an Army civilian that I do sleep more soundly at night when I do hear the guns go off. It, it does tuck me into bed. It is, a, it is the sound of freedom, as we say, <laughs> the sound of deterrence and protection. So... Anything else you want to add in closing, sir, before I wrap this up? I just appreciate the, the support of the community that we receive, as always, for, for our soldiers and their families. I and mean, hopefully, you know, this helps educate a little bit, a little bit of the why behind that and, you know, and some understanding. And we just appreciate the patience. While we know it can be a little bit annoying, again, I think it's just important to understand what's on the other side of those loud noises. And that's, that's your soldiers training to keep you safe. Exactly. Well put. Thank you so much for joining me, sir. 
Now stay tuned for the second part of the podcast following a short break where I talk to Amanda Price about the noise complaint process where your complaints that you call into me are formally put through a process to make sure that we are tracking each and every one. But still, remember, hashtag tanks are loud. Fort Stewart's Forestry Ranch has begun controlled burn season and will be performing controlled burns at various locations on the installation each week. Motorists and pedestrians are advised to use extra caution when traveling through areas that may be affected by smoke. Please note that the wind shifts, smoke may be visible on the main cantonment area and on our surrounding communities. For more information, call 912-767-2010. Well, hey, hey, Fort Stewart, we're back for part two of this interesting podcast to talk about all the loud noises that we are responsible here at Fort Stewart. And I'm joined by Amanda Price from our Directorate of Public Works. She is my colleague who helps me when my phone rings and I get a call from the public saying, what in the heck are you guys blowing up? She is my conduit to make this process formal. Hey, Amanda, how are you doing? Hey, good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Doing very well, doing very well. So... We have a noise complaint process, don't we? We do, yes. Excellent, excellent. So I know I'm like the first line in that process. I'm the one who gets the initial reports usually, but when I send them off to you, what do you guys actually end up doing with them? We keep all of that. So you fill out the noise complaint form and then send it to my office and then also range control. And that form we keep, and we also have a spreadsheet that I keep for each fiscal year of all of the noise complaints. And it just helps us make sure that all of the complaints are handled in an appropriate manner and in a timely manner, because we just want to make sure that everyone feels like their complaints and concerns have been addressed and just helps the installation keep its good relationship with the surrounding communities. Right. So this most recent round of training with 1st Brigade out on the gunnery ranges, shooting their tanks, shooting the Bradleys, shooting their howitzers, we seem to have gotten a, it's almost, I, I hate to say the term record breaking, but we did yeah. get a lot of complaints since this I, time. Yes, yes, it is. Since I've been here, it's record breaking. Just, we usually average a few complaints a year, less than 10, and then five days we got 14, I think. Yeah, so. we got about 14, yeah. Yeah. Normally, ours are low-flying helicopter complaints, not blast complaints, because it doesn't travel that far. People are so used to it. But right. I know there's so much more going on right now with the cold weather, like we've discussed. It just travels further and harder. and kind of. What is it about the cold weather that makes the noise travel so much further? I mean, I, I explain to people when they call, and that that's my go-to. And I mean, I've been here long enough, you've been here long enough to know that the cold weather does make a difference. But what is it about that cold weather that just makes that sound just go north and get heard up in Bluffton and Pembroke and, and all the way to Pooler. Well, the air is just thinner, and especially on a clear day with no cloud cover, it just lets it travel as far and fast as possible. Then on days when it's cloudy, it's going to keep the sound and the vibration lower to the ground, so then it's going to make that feel worse, too. You feel more vibrations on when it's cloudy. So. Wow. I mean, it's interesting to think how weather plays a role with yeah. sound. I have folks that are routine callers and they're very polite mm -hmm. one gentleman in particular you know who i'm talking about mm -hmm. we won't name him for <laughs> for his sake but he's a good guy yes very polite understands why we train understands the need for it is there any chance like 
if there were enough complaints that something were to change here, or are these just data points for us to know where the sound goes? They're data points for us to know where the sound goes, but also potentially, yes, if there were enough, there could be something that changed for us. It could cause an impact to training hours. That has happened to other installations. We certainly do not want that to happen here because we want our soldiers to have the most realistic, best experience and training that they can get. And so that's why we appreciate the support of everyone living near and around. But yeah, I mean, it could potentially have an impact. Right now, it's so, we have so few that it shouldn't. But I mean, it's definitely something that could if it were to get worse. And also that's something that we try to keep the areas around the installation buffered from further development to help reduce the amount of people that are getting that direct noise. Right. I mean, we did have one person call and she said that, why are you doing this training? Essentially, she said something like in city limits. And it's interesting <laughs> because we are not within city limits. We, yeah. we are, oh, gosh, 280,000 mm-hmm. acres of training space with that buffer around us that that's intended to mitigate that noise. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that I mean, the people that have been here longer know we're here, but then there were people that called that said, hey, I just moved here. What's all that noise? And it's yeah. Yeah. it's it's like a confluence of the perfect storm. I mean, it's how many years has it been since we've had both brigades at home, on the ranges, and cold weather together? I was in a meeting recently with the garrison commander, and I believe he said it's been 20 or close to 20, 15, 20. 15, 20 I'm years. It's not a direct quote. But, um, that, that's what we're kicking around. That, yeah. Some, somewhere in that neighborhood, yeah, some, 15 to 20 years. Somewhere in that neighborhood, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's definitely something different. I mean, we're all used to hearing it. I even hear it at my house in Savannah. But, and my neighbors have said stuff to me because they know I work here. But just because it has been a lot more. And I think some people also think, oh, does that mean something big is about to happen somewhere? Right. Which is not the case necessarily. And they're just back here doing what they need to do to prepare for anything that may come up. Right. So, and I, I know a lot of people ask, too, why do they have to do it at night? Why do they, you know, and I just always remind people, war or conflict does not stop when the sun goes down. Um, right. So we want these guys to have the best experience possible, and I know that's what you tell everybody. So. Exactly. I mean, yeah. that's that's the realities of why the soldiers train, mm-hmm. why they have to train at night. I mean, and to your point, I mean, I live right here in Hinesville, and there was one night when it was cold, and I'm laying on my couch, you know, doing my evening thing, watching Netflix. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, watching uh, <laughs> watching a streaming service. And um, <laughs> no endorsement implied, folks. Yeah, I was laying on my couch, and I heard the tank go off. I was like, oh, yeah, there we go, yeah, tank mm-hmm. on the range. And then the reverberations from that round going down range, it sounded like someone was literally kicking in my back door because it shook the glass. I'm I like, can imagine. It shook the glass at my house. Yeah. 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 And I'm right around where 16 and 95 come together so so you're right there in that sweet spot that yep. corridor uh-huh yeah, yeah. Yep. so speaking of things shaking reverberating there is on our form a spot where it says was there any damage mm-hmm. and oftentimes most people say no but it shook my pictures no it knocked something down a picture it's just making my pictures uneven but we have had some folks say yes it did damage we have a process for that too don't we we do yes if there is a damage claim that is sent to the staff judge advocate office, and then they handle it from there. There's an, there's an investigation, and then if it's determined that indeed something from here were to have caused that damage, then they would do they would work with the with the person to get that fixed, remedied, and 
right. taken care of. And we've had a couple like that this mm-hmm. most recent go-around. It's the reality of living by a military that's, installation. Yeah, it's the right. sound of freedom. It's the sound of freedom. That's exactly right. The right. sound and the vibration <laughs> right. of freedom, yeah. All right. So is there anything else you want to add about why we train the noise? What about smoke? Smoke is another smoke, big one. Smoke is another big one. We have a lot of, we have to do a lot of controlled burns on the installation. Our controlled burn season is from 1 December to 30 June. And so during that time, there can be very large plumes of smoke that you'll see. Sometimes drift smoke, even though our guys do everything they can to keep it from drifting in certain areas, they pay very close attention to the weather, but the weather can be unpredictable. Weather changes. Yes, weather changes. Seconds notice. Yeah, sometimes it gets into certain areas, and again, we do everything we can to keep it, keep that from happening, but we just want to remind everyone that the control burns we do on post are necessary to keep from having wildfires that get out of control. That's why you see what happens in California because they don't control burn, and at this point I don't think they could because it would just all right. kind of go up. But that's that's why we keep that. We have such an intense prescribed burn program is to keep that from happening. And so ultimately, even though it can be a little bit of a hindrance, it keeps us all safe and right. operating like we need to. Right, because training, you know, well, exactly. we're, we're firing live rounds. And live rounds, and yes. Stuff catches fire. That's right. And, I mean, we do have wildfires. We just had one just had the one. other day. and. I mean, that's the inevitability of firing live ammunition on a live range. That's right. But, but they're so much easier to contain because all of that underbrush that just fuels those fires has been burned out within the last three to five years. Right. And that's the main reason why we burn. That's right. And yes. then the secondary reason is because it's happy for the woodpeckers and exactly. the trees. Yes. And a lot of people don't know that, but it's very beneficial to a lot of the animals and even certain tree species. The longleaf pine one in particular needs that fire. And right. Um, Ears are going to burn anyway. It's right. all throughout history and throughout the world. I mean, it's just part of the cycle. So going ahead and doing that and keep it from turning into a huge fire is definitely beneficial. I mean, if I don't know if you remember, but a few years ago, probably seven or eight, when the Okefenokee caught fire, yeah. perfect example. I mean, we were getting ash here. We were. So, yeah. So it's really just safety, but helps, of course, training, helps our soldiers keep training. They haven't missed a single training day because of wildfire since... 2000 and that's what we're here to do is support them and then also take care of the environment which that does as well sounds good sounds good so anything else amanda i don't think so just thank you everybody for their support thank y'all for the support and just remember it's the sound of freedom absolutely this has been another edition of the marn report thanks for joining us this is kevin larson signing off and remember hashtag tanks are loud Get your wing on at the Battle of the Brigades and Devardi Wing Wars. Fort Stewart and Hunter Army Airfield soldiers, family members, retirees, and DOD civilians are invited to enjoy free wings while supplies last to support annual Army Emergency Relief Campaign kickoff on Wednesday, March 16th at 11.30 a.m. on the Fort Stewart Army Community Service Campus.